So, New Year. But what in the world does that mean? Well, that means it's not last year. So, we got that. But now what? And as Brian said earlier, I, in my lifetime, I do not know of a year that people wished away more than 2020 at all. And what I find hilarious is that we are still just as likely to sin, and God is still just as likely to save. And so here we are, but who are we? I think that our society has or is slowly redefining what a human is or at least the mindset of what a human should be. But what I want to to have us to get is is what you saw on that little the video is that there is hope. Our mission has not changed because our God will not change. And so as we begin this new year, I have I've planned to to spend a couple weeks on who we are. And if you have been a part of Abundant Hope very long, you know that we glorify God by making disciples who make disciples. And so today, I want us to dive in a little bit to the first part of that. We glorify God. That is who we are. That is what we do. And I have, I have jokingly, but not really joking, for years, I have talked about this with our worship leaders through the years, that Brian has a job for eternity, and I am fired in heaven. I will not proclaim the gospel in heaven. But he, as we all will, glorify God, worship him forever. And so, it is reasonable then, if, if it is our base, if it is our foundation that we glorify God then that means a lot of things. If that is our, our bedrock, if, if everything else rests on the fact that we were created to glorify God forever, then how does that change our perspective of everything else that we do or the things that we do not do or even the things that Americans do between now and February the 13th? Because February the 13th is the average lifespan of a resolution made in America. So, with all of that in mind, if you would turn with me to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 14. I want to, to read a bunch. But this is, is setting the context for why we exist. And so I'm going to start in Isaiah 42:14 and read all the way to Isaiah 43 
verse 7. So find your place in the Bible and, and hang on and see if you can't identify this text in our modern world as you hear this. Isaiah 42.14 says, For a long time I have kept silent. I have been quiet and held myself back. But now, like a woman in childbirth, I cry out. I gasp and pant. I will lay waste the mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will turn rivers into islands and dry up the pools. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. But those who trust in idols, who say to images, you are our gods, will be turned back in utter shame. Hear you, deaf. Look, you blind, and see. Who is blind but my servant and deaf like the messenger I send? Who is blind like the one committed to me? Blind like the servant of the Lord? You have seen many things, but have paid no attention. Your ears are open, but you hear nothing. You, it pleased the Lord for the sake of his righteousness to make his law great and glorious. But this is a people plundered and looted, all of them trapped in pits or hidden away in prisons. They have become plunder with no one to rescue them. They have been made loot with no one to say, send them back. Which of you will listen to this or pay close attention in time to come? Who handed Jacob over to become loot and Israel to the plunderers? Was it not the Lord against whom you or we have sinned? For they would not follow his ways. They did not obey his law. So he poured out on them his burning anger, the violence of war. It enveloped them in flames yet they did not understand it it consumed them but they did not take it to heart but now this is what the lord says he who created you o jacob he who formed you o israel fear not for i have redeemed you i have summoned you by name you are mine when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba for your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I bring your children, I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, Give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring your sons from afar, your daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see the, the truth of the past as a truth in the present. And when we look at a truth in God's word, help us to see it as timeless, not for just those people, 
but for your people. And Lord, help us to look to you. And in this, this new year, this new opportunity, and whatever lies ahead, help us to hold on to the foundation that is your truth. And in doing so, to glorify you forever. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. And so as we look at this text, you see the, the context surrounding this. This is, this is Israel turning their backs on God. This is God giving them over to their own sin. But then, even in that, giving them hope because he made them, they are his. And so when we, when we look at our, our bottom line, who we are, we glorify God. And so this, we state this because the Bible states this for us. The Bible says we were created to worship God forever. And the psalmist in Psalm 19, I want to read the first four verses. Listen to this. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the earth. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun. And, and so you see here God's creation glorifies God, the one who made it. He made us, we glorify him. And so, definition of glorify or glory is to put confidence in, to boast about, to praise. And the Hebrew word, it's kind of funny, it's kabod. Kabod is, is the word in Old Testament that means greatness or splendor but it also has this contextual sense to weight or heaviness and this this word i see it as that feeling you ever when you're reading in god's word or god just slams you with something that just makes you pause and just think it's like wow that in my mind is the definition in my heart for glory. To give him glory is just, wow, God, you're amazing. You just knocked my socks off. And that is the word. And, and the, the New Testament, the Greek word for glory, is the definition is dignity, honor, praise, worship. And so we get to this, this verse in Isaiah 43, verse 7. Everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Think on that. Hold on to that verse for a minute. Everyone who is called by my name. So that is those who God has saved, those who would be called Christians. So me, 
you, most of you, if not all of you, whom I created. And so there's no one in here that God didn't create. And then he says, for my glory, whom I created for my glory. And so I want you to see this. And this means that you were created for his glory. I don't think I can overstate this, but if you were created for his glory, think of all the things that you were not made for. You are primarily made for God's glory. And so that means, what were you not made for? You were not made for your own glory. You were made for no one else's glory. You were not made to be the typical American and you yearn your whole life to be rich and not have to work. It also means that you weren't made to be happy. Isn't that ridiculous to think about that? And I'm not saying by this that you were meant to be sad forever. What I'm saying is the primary reason of your existence is to give God glory. The primary foundation of America says in this generation that I deserve to be happy. And if somebody doesn't make me happy, then they don't need to exist in my circle. And if what I'm doing does not make me happy, that means I need to do something else because I exist to be happy. And just this few degrees of shift from everything is about making me happy to everything exists for God's glory is a huge shift in what we do and how we live and how we raise our kids and how we address those at Walmart and those that we work with and and those that we let within six feet of us. And, and so as we start this new year, I want us to think about who we are as a church and who we are as a, as a created being of God. We glorify God. And so... I want to ask this question and address it. Why should we glorify God? Why should we glorify God? Just because if you think about that, if you think of God simply as a, a man, and, and you know how our, our culture tends to redefine God, to find God the way they want him to be and make him only as powerful as they can control. So if that's, if that's all God is, and then if this God that we have made not so powerful says, bring glory to me and worship me, then that sounds like he's selfish. Is God prideful or selfish? Is this prideful or selfish of God for him to, to say that we exist for his glory? Of course not. But it makes sense if you get to make God. If you get to define God, it sounds selfish of one who is no more powerful than we are to say, worship me or glorify me. 
But when we look at God as the Bible presents him, as the Bible defines him, if he is all-knowing, if he is all-powerful, if he is through all time and beyond time and all of these things, then who else would we glorify? If he is who the Bible says he is, then there is no other response. There is no other choice. And to do anything else is to, to make a very poor choice. And so why should we glorify God? Number one, to acknowledge his greatness because he deserves it. To acknowledge his greatness. In First Chronicles chapter 16, in verse 27 and following, well, even before that, verse 25, you know, verse 24 even, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him, strength and joy in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. So why should we glorify God? Because he deserves it. To acknowledge his greatness because he deserves it. Again, I think for us, we would do well to see who God is. And again, it's that Isaiah 6 passage. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, and he was seated on the throne at high and mighty, and the train of his robe filled the temple, and, and there were these angels, and they had wings, and with two they were covering their faces. And why were they covering their faces? Not because of corona. It was because the splendor and magnificence of God Almighty was blinding them. But then when... He saw the Lord, he was in awe, and the first thing he did was, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King. And so for us, why should we glorify God? To acknowledge his greatness, and so as soon as we acknowledge his greatness, we see our non-greatness. When we compare ourselves with a false God that we make, then we can be pretty cool. And if we're not cool enough... We just whittle some off of this idol to make it look worse so we look better in comparison. But when we see God in his truth and his might, we see us in our sorriness and think, oh my God, what have I done? So we should worship God because he's worthy. But we should glorify God, number two, because he gives us our very being. We worship God because he made us. Psalm 100 says, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. 
Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. And know that the Lord is God, and it is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And so get this, we glorify him not only because of his his greatness and he deserves it, but because of him, we exist. And now flash back again to our society. If God is the reason we exist, then we should worship him because in him we have our being. But if, if we de- redefine how we exist, then perhaps there's no God to worship. And so if we redefine our existence by saying we came from, from mature pond scum, then who is there to worship? And what I'm trying to help us to see is is there is a natural sin in us to worship ourselves. And so in order to worship ourselves, we still want to feel good about it, and so we change the rules. Our society has slowly changed the rules, and we buy into it. And so I want to direct our attention to the Word so that we we define God the way he defines himself for us. And he tells us what to do. He tells us who we are, as he tells us who he is. And so we should glorify God because he gives us our very being. And then thirdly, we we should glorify God because all our hopes hang on him. He is our only hope. And Without him, what's interesting is when you believe that all of our hope is in Christ and we live in a, in a, in a world that, that pretends he doesn't exist, and so if we say all of our hope is in Christ, but then we, we get to watch a whole entire culture that says Christ doesn't exist, and so, so then what? do their hopes rest on? When we, we deal with tragedy and, and somebody dies, we have hope if they are in Christ. And it doesn't mean that we're thrilled that they're dead, but we have hope because they're with Jesus forever. Those who are left behind are grieving, but we have hope because the Spirit of God indwells His people. And so as they walk through the valley of the shadow of death, they don't have to fear evil because He is with them. But what happens if you write that out of our story and there is no indwelling of the Holy Spirit? There is no heaven for the deceased to live with Christ forever. And so if... If we live in existence devoid of God, where is their hope? We got nothing. 
And so, because we live in a society that is, that is killing off God, they have to replace it with hope in themselves. And so, here we are glorifying God because all of our hopes hang on Him. Psalm 39, verse 4 and following. says, Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. Man is a mere phantom. As he goes to and fro, he bustles about, but only in vain. He heaps up wealth, not knowing who will get it. But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. So the psalmist is is doing exactly what I'm doing today, looking at society and say, this is what they think. This is what they are doing. They build up wealth only to die and then they worry about who gets it. I had a, our family had their Christmas thing yesterday down above Charlotte. And my dad, my dad is slipping mentally. He forgets everything and everybody. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's gone. But my dad, my dad was in rare form yesterday. My dad was, my brother cut my dad's hair, which is hilarious just to think about that, right? So he cut it with a, he buzzes it. And so my dad has, my dad looks nothing like my dad would have looked <clears throat> if my dad had control over his looks. And that sounds bad, but it's not bad. Because my dad, forever, had the, the grease him down hairdo with the little doo-wop right in the front. That was it. <clears throat> and my dad was clean-shaven since he came out of the womb. But now, my dad has this cool do because my brother gave it to him. And he has this, like, three-day-old scruff. Which is cool. It wouldn't have been cool to my dad had he known any better. But I told my dad yesterday, I said, man, you have the coolest hairdo you have ever had in your life. And I said, you got the scruff and you're working it and it looks cool. I don't think I've ever said this, but my dad looks cool. And, and then we addressed his suit. Right, 1978 brown, top to bottom polyester with the, with the matching tie that he picked out. And he said, and I'm going to be buried in this suit too. And my brother said, only if you live longer than me. <laughs> and, and the point here that I made is, once you're dead, your choices are over, dude. You are not going to be buried in that suit. And here's, here's the psalmist saying this. You know, our life's quick. It is quick. And people are wasting their time building wealth. Only when you croak, somebody else deals with that wealth. It is gone. And your money is no good where you're going. 
Either way, no good. The economy's crushed in one place and wealth beyond measure in the other. And our mere puny gold and garbage money is worthless. But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. Hear that this year as you make plans. As you decide on what foundation you will build your life. But now, Lord, what do I look for? In 2021, what do I look for? As Abundant Hope Baptist Church, what do I look for? What do I do? What are we doing? What am I looking for this year? My hope is in you. And so why should we glorify God? To acknowledge His greatness? Because He gives us our being and all our hopes hang on Him. So, as we, as we acknowledge that we exist for His glory, let's think for a few moments on the action of this. Ways that we can glorify God. What are the ways that we can glorify God? We glorify God by believing in Him. We glorify God by believing in Him, by trusting Him, by acknowledging His presence. And, and we do this, I don't want to make it sound like Santa Claus, like in the, which movie was it, Elf, right? The sleigh wasn't flying really well because people stopped believing in Him. Are we on Elf here? Yes. And so in the end, as people start singing Christmas songs and believing in him, the little claws meter goes up and the, the sleigh can fly. I'm not talking that, that God is empowered because the God-o-meter goes up because more people believe in him. That's not the way it works. It's for our good. It is for our good that we believe in him and we trust who he is. And so let us glorify God by believing that he is who he says he is. Amen. But then, another way we can glorify God is by declaring him. By declaring him. I say this all the time. Man, my, my brother, my older brother, he is he's all about hunting, fishing, and building engines. And he's good at all of them. And he owns about everything you can imagine for any of those things. And so when there is... And he knows me too. My standards are far less than his. Right? He, he owns the best the absolute best in fishing stuff. And when a new lure comes out, he owns it. If he doesn't own it, he makes it. And he will send it to somebody to paint it specifically like he wants it. I mean, that's him. I take his garbage, go to the Chowan, and get a catfish. I cook it, I eat it, I'm thrilled. We're very, very different. But if there is something in the store that is on sale, like a certain scope 
that was on sale from $600 to $200, that dude is going to call me at 1130 at night. He's going to tell me all about it. He's going to send me the link. And by the end of the conversation, he'll say, did you order it yet? He is all about it. When he finds something that's the best, it is the deal, he is going to tell me about it. And he is going to tell me that I am an idiot because I don't already own it. That is what I want to be like about Jesus. I have this hope that is an anchor for my soul. It is firm and fast in his love. So why, in the name of all that is holy, am I not happier about telling people about a free gift of eternal life than my lost brother is telling me about a cheap scope? That is what goes through my mind when we have this hope. The heavens declare the glory of God. Do we? The things that he has made that have no voice, I'm afraid, declare far better than what he has made with a voice. And he has given us understanding of his power. He is giving us this understanding of his salvation. He has given us the ability to understand and the ability to communicate. But we don't. And so I want to challenge Abundant Hope Baptist Church this year. Let this be the year of our declaration of his glory. If we claim that we glorify God, and by God's power, let us proclaim his glory. If he is worth this, then how sorry can we be to not tell people who are going to hell that he is worth this? And as I say this, I'm explaining this to my very soul as well. We glorify God by declaring him and declare him to the world by our voice we declare him to the world by our fruit you know and and it's both of those things it's by what we say but our fruit needs to scream as loud and so ways to glorify God by believing in him, by declaring him. And then finally, through our praise and worship of him. Psalm 50 opens up with these words. The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets. From Zion, perfect in beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes and will not be silent. A fire devours before him, and around him a tempest rages. You see that picture? Try hiding that. The only way we can hide God if we redefine who he is and hide that version of him. 
Remember that song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Going to Let It Shine? If that song was true, then the fire of God, when we would even do the motions, I'm going to let it done burned your hand. Are we going to put it under a bushel? No, because it burned it. This is our God, a tempest. He is a fire. You cannot hide this fire. And so let him burn in us, burn through us, and praise him and worship him. The Bible says the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. So let us offer our praise as a sacrifice to God. Because we're grateful for him, we are thankful for him because he is who he is. And so... As we set this foundation for everything else, we exist for his glory. Let us set this in stone as the base on which we set everything else. We glorify God. It's who we are. It's what we do. And it's why we do or don't do anything and everything else. And so let us make this the center. Let us make him the center. And everything else emanates from that. And allows us to set our priorities appropriately. My goodness, this time of year is... It's all about... What are we going to do this year? I'm going to raise my kids better. I'm going to get out of debt and... But according to this, it would be let us align our children with the Word of God. Let us align our children, raise them up to know this God so they can know that they exist for His glory and bring Him glory through their lives as well. It's all about, you know, you can find out your credit score and and get out of debt and all of that's on TV now. But first, it's more important to see that because we exist to bring God glory, what does that say for our finances? Where is our money going? If 99.7% of our money is going to something that has no eternal value, then what does that say about our foundation that we exist to bring God glory? So that the reason I'm saying all this is it's important to get the first thing first. It's important to build the foundation first first and everything else is based on the fact that god created us to bring him glory and let everything else as we start our life as we try to dump debt and burn fat and all of this let that burn through this amen i believe this is going to be a phenomenal year but not because of a 1995 offer on TV and not because the coronavirus is going to be nipped in the bud by whomever is the president and whatever is the shot. He is the Lord. And he was the Lord. And he will always be the Lord. And so let us 
fall behind him and follow him and show him glory. Would you stand with me as we pray? God, thank you for being the the foundation. Let us follow you and fall at your feet. And God, I pray for this body of believers that we get our priorities right and that you and your power make them right. Help them to stay right. Convict us in our sin. Empower us as we turn to you and receive the glory that's due only you as we follow you. And so, Lord, even in these moments that we have set aside to respond to you, I pray that individuals and families, couples and kids are are thinking right now, how is my life off? And how can my life be back right? And what decision must be made now to establish this firm foundation for which you created us. Help us to not steal your glory. Help us to understand it can't go well. And that because we were created for your glory, that everything that is for your glory is also for our good. Lord, lead us as a church this year to proclaim your glory to the nations. God, I pray nothing holds us back from accomplishing your purpose for our lives. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.